0: Hey Maria, how do you like this wine and cheese? I don't know, let me assess. Mm. Alright, let me get this wine and cheese
1: going.
0: Okay, well while you're doing that, I'd like to welcome everyone to SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria.
1: And welcome to our podcast. For the Realistic SLP. So what's going on today? Alright, first off, since my personal goal is to stop feeling the need to be right, Mm -hmm. very difficult, but I'm doing it, so, yeah, I was so uninterested with being right last week that I was actually wrong. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, who cares? I'm, but I still have to fix it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's understandable. I mean, like, we should all be accountable for our errors and we should, like, you know, make adjustments. Yes. All right. So I was correct where I said that if the client or child is doing sh for s, s, then that is called affrication, right? Because they're adding an affricate. And that is when they're rounding their lips instead of retracting them. So I was good with that. But I made an error, which I'm okay with. No big deal. No big deal. When they're saying ss for sh, that is called deaffrication because they're removing the affricate. And that's when they're retracting their lips when they should be rounded. Uh-huh. And you know, we're like ratting on
0: ourselves here because it's not like anybody called us out on this error. No one emailed in was like,
1: actually, you are incorrect. Right. Well, a lot of times people won't notice your errors because we're all so much inside our own head most of the time. Mm Right. But that is true. So, on a lighter note, our wine and cheese, what are we drinking? drinking. Okay, so we have a Robert Mondavi, it's private selection, Mm -hmm. it's a Pinot Noir. It's from California, and it's from 2015. Vintage. Yes. <laughs> and um, so it tastes very sweet, but not overly sweet. And I like the acidity. It's not too much. And it has, like, a smell of strawberries a little bit. I didn't really Oh, smell let it. me sniff, maybe it. sniff it. sniff it. Yeah,
0: strawberries. A little bit. But then maybe you altered my perception because you put strawberries in my head prior to me
1: smelling Anything else that you might smell? Because there's two more scents hmm. in here. I smell wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I smell cheese. One of them is roses Ooh. and vanilla. Which I love roses like? and vanilla. Yeah. And then the taste has like a cherry type of taste, a very fruity taste. Mm-hmm. And so because of that sweetness, we paired it with a very salty wine, which just feta. A salty oh, cheese. So I said salty wine, didn't I? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh well. But yeah, yeah salty. I'm, I'm okay. Salty I'm salty cheese. I'm wrong. I didn't it do wasn't this. really so much wrong. It was an accident. You should also not be so concerned with being wrong, just as you shouldn't be so concerned. I'm <laughs> right. like,
1: I am like one or the other. I need yeah. to focus on balance.
0: Just be in the middle. Okay. Do you know you should demonstrate virtue in all that you do? Wow. And virtue is the um, middle ground between excess and deficiency. Wow. I like that. So, yeah, so just demonstrate virtue in your righteousness, which means you don't want to be excessively right, and you don't want to be ex- um, deficiently right.
1: Wow. Whoa. It's, it's a new goal middle. for myself. Yeah. For next week. Uh, all right, so the saltiness of the feta, which is the cheese, I would think it really enhances the sweetness in the wine. So ah, well, um, I concur with your assessment. Good. Mm-hmm. And it's the two op- opposites are attracting here. Like, one is bringing out the best in the other. Great. The sweetness in the wine and the saltiness in the feta. It's a nice synchrony. So the
0: two combined is like a harmonious combination. Yes. Yeah, I like that. So, that brings us to, what's our topic of the day? Assessments. Assessments. And as a result, goal writing. Right, yes, (laughs) hashtag goals.
1: Hashtag goals.
0: So, an assessment is the evaluation or estimation of the nature, quality, or ability of someone or something. So, notice that we said the ability of someone and not the disabilities. Just like the wine and the cheese, we want to locate and bring out the best in everyone around us we want to see what all of their strengths are what they are good at and that's also going to highlight the struggles
1: right and using their strengths to help them with what they're having a difficult time with right looking at their strengths and how those strengths are going to help their weaknesses
0: exactly because if you strictly target their deficiencies like You're not going to see as much progress, and if you start somewhere where they do have an ability or a strength, because then you can just expand upon that strength, because that will build confidence in them, but then also you're going to have a better prognosis, because you know that your
1: baseline is not 0 Right, and... Like what you were saying before uh, last week about how important confidence is—it's mm-hmm. like a, such a big point, I think. Yeah. And also, like in terms of like typically and like neurotypical, when you highlight one part of the brain, it does carry over to different parts. Like when right. you're using one part of the brain that they have a strength with. Yeah, because neurons that fire together wire together. together. We need
0: a shirt with that, by the way. Well, I think I heard somebody else say it. I didn't make that up, so I don't know uh-huh. if it's copyrighted. I mean, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, sue us.
1: Mm-hmm. SLP is wine
0: and cheese at gmail.com. <laughs>
1: we'll give you the wine that we have. I'll y'all send you to my lawyer. Okay. <laughs> all right. So there's,
0: like, all different ways to assess people. Mm-hmm. We've got, we're going to break it down into formal, informal, and dynamic assessment. So if I'm looking at my... So, the most, most common type of evaluation that I do is going to be like my progress report, which is an assessment on our progress of that year. And how I would break that down is I'm going to write the background history. I'm mm-hmm. going to say the kids' name, how old they are, what grade they're in, whether or not they've been. Detain, then they're retains not detained. not detained. Well, you could write that down. I mean, that would like be you're working with some high school
1: kids. Or yeah, something. or some of them are detained. You know, or adults. you know, a
0: feisty little two-year-old. Maybe wow. he <laughs>
1: no,
0: in time out for a while. <laughs> we need to write that down. Um,
1: yeah, then, that's an indicative of behavior issues, and that's an issue with cognition and attention and focus. Yeah, so. and
0: you know that um, time out is actually supposed to be like time out from positive reinforcement. And it just got this like negative connotation to it because people started using it as a punishment. But all you're really doing is like you're taking a time out from from reinforcing that behavior that there that's undesirable. So whatever situation is triggering that situa- that behavior, we want a time out from it. So we remove the child from that situation. It shouldn't yeah. be viewed as a punishment. It's negative reinforcement, I believe. Well, yeah, negative reinforcement is supposed to decrease the likelihood that a behavior will occur. But people think negative reinforcement is doing something mean, like being right, negative, right, and that's, right, not, that's accurate. not accurate. So I'm then sorry. after that, so we want to talk about behavior. Do they actively participate? Are they shy? Are they worried? Are they excited? And then hearing, like... Do they respond to their name and locate no. sounds in the room? Right? I'm gonna, you you in formal, continue while yeah. I throw this dog out of here. Right. Negative
1: reinforcement <laughs> for the dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then uh, looking at the teacher report, too, I think is important. Uh, if you have some time, let's say if you're working in a school, to interview the teacher and see how the child is doing in class. Also, interview um, any... Other professionals, like an OT or PT, how are they doing with them and the other disciplines? Yeah, I have this one boy who gets like a really emotionally
0: charged throughout everyone's sessions. And had I not spoke to the teachers in the OT, I would have thought that he was only crying in my sessions. But communication has led me to understand that this child... Uses crying and emotions as an uh, escape mechanism to get out of undesirable or daunting tasks.
1: Makes sense. Makes so then sense. I
0: would say background information, behavior, hearing and listening, whether or not there was a hearing evaluation. Next yeah. would be voice assessment
1: of hearing. Would be good.
0: Right. So Usually, but my <laughs> sentence is that like. Uh, so and so does not demonstrate any issues in terms of hearing. They're able; they respond to their name consistently, and they're able to localize sounds.
1: However, it is recommended that they pursue a hearing evaluation. Right. I always throw in that line: like, cannot rule out hearing loss because right. objective testing was not conducted, mm-hmm. unless hey, you have a tympan and you do the tympanogram, I've done that before, it's I pretty easy, you just that. like stick it in the ear, that doesn't sound yeah, like it in the stick it in I the it ear, yeah. see what happens, yes. I read the instructions before I did that, oh, good. I kind of forgot, that's good it, it have instructions, it, in it does, <laughs> <Just sitting there. laughs> oh
0: so the next I would talk about expressive language, and under that category I'm going to talk about their verbal expressive language, and I'm also going to talk about their written expressive language, Right. and then maybe, No, just right there, just verbal and uh, written expressive language. The next receptive language, um, and that's going to be of listening and writing. So if they're able to understand what they read or what they hear. Mm -hmm. And um, then maybe like a processing level we could write about in terms of receptive language. Like, do they comprehend verbal stimuli in the presence of background noise? Mm -hmm. Are they able to... Follow multi-step directions with appropriate detail and sequence.
1: That's good. Do they comprehend
0: concepts that are linguistic or mm-hmm. basic?
1: I like to look at also the latency in response mm-hmm. and response and the response time. And that's a good tool to even think about on your own mm-hmm. when you're assessing them. So you want to ask the question and you want to give them some time to process it mm-hmm. and then... You want to also measure or time it, and like how long is it taking them to answer you? Is it like 4 to 5 seconds or is it like 10 to 11? Right. But there is a good rule of thumb. I actually went to professional development about this. Oh. After 7 seconds, if they have an answer, they most likely don't know it. So count to 7. Does that count if they have full or, full or empty pauses? Like if they're just completely empty, if they're like, um, 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 uh, 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 Because oh, this was based off a study oh. that the school did. Uh, they didn't measure, measure that. Well, I like to decrease latency and
0: response by using rapid naming tasks. Mm, so, like, right. you take a child and all of the age-appropriate common objects that you already know they have receptive vocabulary for, like ball, tiger, door, right. car, keys, kite, all things okay. that they know. And the point is that, like, you just, it's confrontation naming and you want to do rapid naming and
1: it's supposed to help with also reading. Oh, I find when I do those assessments, that type of tests with my students, mm-hmm. just all different uh, students, they all get so nervous. So I try to do that towards the end. Yeah. yeah fun tip. I do it three oh, yeah. times, oh, so wow. I pick ten cards, and then I do it with
0: them three times, front
1: forwards and oh, backwards, right. and I'm like,
0: okay, now you will by yourself, let's see how fast okay, so you go. Okay, let's go see,
1: do a little test. Okay, good, you yeah. make it I fun. teach it, teach it, yes, teach and it, and then... That's the dynamic assessment. Yes. Teach, teach right, Was a test? Teach, teach re-test. retest. Yes. That's good. To mm-hmm. see, like, how quick they can uh, generalize novel skills. Yeah. and the quicker, the better. Right. Uh, the quicker, the more indicative of their prognosis, I mm-hmm. should say. Okay. Right.
0: And then, like, we want to look at their demeanor and their impressions, things like that. So what was their behavior? Were mm. they, like, attached to the parent? Mm. Were they very independent? Were they silent? Were they highly
1: social? Mm-hmm. Were they impulsive with their uh, behavior? I like look at like eye contact. Eye contact, yeah. How, uh, how? And also, how do they act towards the end of the... Um, the assessment, you know, did they display test fatigue? Did they start fidgeting towards mm-hmm. the end? Or did they become way more comfortable and then they right. started, like, saying all these things that you
0: initially wrote down that couldn't? Right. And then
1: you're like, never mind.
0: Oopsie. <laughs> and then
1: recommendations and goals. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then if we break down assessment, we'll break it down now by age. So we'll start with the early intervention, right? The little ones, so that would count from zero birth to three years old. Mm -hmm. so what are we looking for with those children
0: so we want to check their reflexes um, see if they have any sort of like immature so this is we're going to break it down age looking for and then a standardized assessment Um, so if it's early intervention like she said zero to three we're going to look to see do they have any immature reflexes that are still um, lingering yeah and we can get into that in a whole other like psychology
1: yeah. Okay. So like a type of reflex, just to like throw a few out there. Like the Palmer is like their hand is open, you put your finger in there, well, they palm. automatically grasp? Right. If you touch their teeth, will they deviate to that side? Um, do
0: the what was the Archer one? I can't remember all of them. You're going to have to Google that Yeah, one. you can look it up. Look it up. Sure. I so the that. next one we want to see, like, do they react to their name if you call them at a distance? Do they deviate their head towards you? Do they acknowledge that you've called to them? Or do they just continue in their own space, in their own world? Um, joint attention is a big one. Are the yes. two of you able to maintain attention to the same object or task? If I say, look, it's a puppy. Do you right. see the puppy? Pet the puppy. Here's the puppy. Are they engaging in the puppy, or are they just focused on maybe the rug that they're sitting on mm-hmm. or, like, something that's on their finger?
1: Right. And also, I thought this was interesting. I'm um, looking at a developmental chart. This is not straight-off the dome, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of semantics, between 1.5 to 2 years old, I thought this was interesting. They respond appropriately to yes-no questions with the head shake. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was pretty impressed. But not all yes-no questions. It's going right. to be like, is this a duck? This? Is this a cow? Is this a horse? Right. Is this mommy or something? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And in terms of their play skills, that is such but a But like, one. is a penny larger than a quarter? Interesting. No. I have to think about that. I see. <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: the wine. Just well, speaking. no, it's like because of it causes. Even though you know the answer, you forces a visual, and also right. like a reference. Yeah, it's a money. Yeah, usually
1: these kids don't have. A no, reference not at Well, I mean, I know
0: quarters. I wanted those things in the machines. True. When I was younger, I definitely could eye a quarter up if I had one handy. <laughs> Okay. So then that's what we're going to be doing in order, like, that's just what we're going to go in there and we're going to assess the situation when we arrive
1: upon seeing this child. Um, we mentioned babbling, right? Babbling is a big one. Are they making sounds? Right. Okay. And then I had a paper over here. Can you give me that
0: paper? Right. It's stealing my paper. I to steal paper. Um, yeah. So that, that I want to go back to something I said before. I, like it's important that you assess the situation because you and the child. You want to determine whether or not they have situational intelligence. So, have they have they looked around in their situation and have they altered their behavior based on the situation? Are they able to do that? Could they see a situation, a new person arrives, and therefore it's, like, exciting or someone you greet? Right. Could they walk into a small, quiet area and see it somewhere where I shouldn't have a loud voice? Or should they realize, like, that they're not speaking loud enough and speak up? Mm -hmm. So
1: situational intelligence is something informal I like to look at. And that's definitely something to indicate when you're in your background information, and you could say, like, how... They may have, their behavior may have changed through your presence. Yeah, and based on a situation. Right. And the parent or the teacher could say, oh, they're usually not like this. Oh, mm-hmm. they're being shy. Or, oh, I don't know, what's going on with them today? You mm-hmm. just indicate that in the report. Right.
0: So then that's what we would look about if we were just walking in and assessing the situation. But a test, like a standardized assessment that you would give to a I don't even know
1: who would, what test would it be. I like to give the PLS-5. Oh, how young can, can you, do you do that test? That's from birth
0: oh. to five
1: years old. I want to say even six.
0: I don't, yeah, like I mentioned in past episodes, I don't uh, tend to do doing, uh,
1: no. I don't like evaluations. All right, I'll talk about that briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the PLS-5, what I like about it, it has... Uh, two scores. You have your auditory comprehension, and then you have your expressive communication, so a.k.a., a receptive, and an expressive. Um, you have to, you start at one point, and then you keep going, obviously, right? And then once they get, I think, six zeros in a row, you stop. Oh, okay. yeah. Like that, and you don't have to start with zero. You could start, let's say they're three, you could start around one years old. And mm-hmm. all the skills are a hierarchy. So it starts with like question one being like startles to sound. Oh, okay. And then it gets more and more complex. So you ah. can see where they are. Mm-hmm. And then you do get a standard score for each one, mm-hmm. which is good. So let's say you want to do auditory comprehension one day and expressive the other. And you want to get a score for one and not the other. You're able to do that. And then, you, of course, you can combine the scores too get a total language score. Mm-hmm. So this is good, and I like that this assesses play skills, too, because they'll come with some play materials, or you can use your own. You know, you don't have a big budget like what I did. Ah, okay. <laughs> like what's going on with me. Our school didn't have a big budget, so they just gave us the protocol and the yeah, the test protocol and the. It's like put the bear test. on the black. Like, yeah. Cover go. the bear with the blanket yes. so he goes to sleep. Yeah, yeah like that's crazy. Oh, I thought that's what it was. You know that is that, but okay, I like yeah. that assessment because mm-hmm. assessing different things like give me give the bear some ice cubes, give uh-huh. me some. Uh, so you're looking at their play skills and also their expression and and comprehension.
0: The thing I do like about assessments is it does kind of teach you, like, how to get directions, and it also teaches you how to interact and play. So, like, it's kind of a step-by-step. I'm like, oh, he's hungry. Give him some pizza. He loves that. Oh, now he's tired. He had too much pizza. He needs a blanket. What do we do? Yeah, and
1: you get to see... How they react with that? Do they understand hungry and thirsty? Mm-hmm. And are they, you know, making that connection with? Oh, there's a plate cup here. Let me give him some. Right. And I have a lot of kids who are, uh, you know, exposed to a second language, and I, I like to see how they do on that test, and they usually do very well. Like they're like <sighs> they're cute. Some take like the spoon and they like feed mm-hmm. the bear. My oh, God, they're yeah, cute. They use it <laughs> Yeah. Aww, yeah. So uh-huh. that's a good assessment for uh, early intervention, even into preschool, I would say. Yeah,
0: so now we're going on to preschool, mm-hmm. and if we're going to look for things, we're going to look for that conversational volley, where they ask and answer questions in order to propel a conversation mm-hmm. and also provide comments and feedback to peers and adults during conversation. Do they do that? Yes or no? That's a big thing. Also, by four years old, we want to be sure that these kids are a hundred percent intelligible to a
1: not familiar listener. So. That's my favorite thing to tell a parent when they're like, because you know, preschool is that age of they might just be coming to you. The parent is like, oh, they've gotten speech for a year already. How much longer? And I'm like, do when you go to the supermarket, does everyone understand what they're saying? And they're like, no. And I'm well, then not yet. Right. <laughs> it's like, yes. short little sweet discharge criteria. 100% of what they say is understood Right. by four years old.
0: And then we also want to take a look at expressive language, mm-hmm. social skills, yes. receptive language, and sound production. Yeah. So we talked about the sound component right. in our last episode. Uh, about perception and phonology. Where I was wrong. <laughs> about it. don't swell. application you know, It's okay. No, it's not swell. You're yeah, right. don't ruminate. Right. Um, so, for preschool, we want to, like we said, be 100% intelligible. We also want to keep an eye out for those immature phonological processes, which again are the patterns that children use in order to mimic adult like speech. If those have not been suppressed by a certain age, we want to make sure that they are eliminated mm-hmm. in order to target that. We both said we like to take a multilinguistic approach. Um mm-hmm. so in terms of the other components, let's get to those. So We can look for these things. The formal test that you would use is probably the PLS-5M and And the the Bowman for speech. And then for the informal, the best thing that you can do is elicit a spontaneous speech sample. And uh, this is the best way that you can see not only how the child uses their sounds, but then also the length and complexity of their utterances and whether or not they speak freely
1: and independently, or if they require that yes, to be pulled out of Right, them. that's a big point. Mm-hmm. Um, for, in terms of spontaneous speech sample, I like one of my tricks, mm-hmm. is uh, I try to ask the parent or the classroom teacher, if it's in a preschool, uh, or someone who knows them better than I do, uh, what do they like? And then I'll try to get that toy, or I'll try to bring it up to them, mm-hmm. so... Uh, what like a hot topic is pets kids love animals they love talking about their pets and i'll bring right. that up and i always notice this and this is a like just a general tip when i'm meeting new people i notice a little like their light lights lights up in their eyes like they have their eyes light up that's what i meant to say their eyes light up when i, I talk okay. about this topic and i'm like ah That's the topic. Oh, so that's the
0: nonverbal cue that you look for that's going to signal to you that they have a heightened interest in that subject. Okay. When their eyes light up. Yep. So if I'm like, pizza, you're yeah, like, well, here's my right
1: topic. Here's my yeah. right topic. What kind of pizza do you like? Oh, buy? all the pizza.
0: But which ones? I mean, like, I've been to all the pizza places in Brooklyn oh, okay. that are on any type of list. Mm-hmm. I like Neapolitan style, mm-hmm.
1: Crest Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you notice I did a lot of, mm-hmm? Yeah, I did. What was yeah. that about? Because I want you to do all the talking. Oh. Right? That's the whole yes. point of the spontaneous speech To elicit example. a spontaneous speech sample from me. And I've noticed, um, you know, uh, other SLPs or just like a supervised grad students, they try to talk a little too much. I guess the silent pausing mm-hmm. or the little lulls in the conversation make people nervous. I'm like, no, no, let them be quiet because sometimes they at the same time. Yeah. And then... Let them formulate their own thing that they want to talk about. So let them do the talking. You just sit there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but then also, did I
0: tell you that I've been doing supervising at NYU? Yes. Okay. So what sense. the girls have to do, or I just say girls automatically, what the clinicians right. have to do there is list a spontaneous speech sample. And what mm-hmm. I noticed a lot of them doing, they'd be like, well, what's this? What's this? Right. And they would pause and look at the kid, and the kid's like... Not going to say anything. Kids, or the kid's like, I already told you.
1: Yeah, or it's are just not. Cheese.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're like, tell me a story about the pig. And the kid's like, I
1: don't even know. Like, that's a big to-do I couldn't even right. write. So. I know there's a big, uh, like, uh, heat around wordless picture books. And I have one. It's called Frog Goes to Dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm not that huge of a fan because it's like for some of our students, they're coming to us so already, you know, like, Most likely they're having issues communicating. So you give them this wordless picture book and they're kind of like stuck with just using those words related to the book. Like, Uh okay, so like frog goes to dinner he orders wine. And then you're like turning the page, and it's like the same picture. And it's like, all right, I already told you the frog's uh, at dinner. So i like, oh, you gotta, it's not that great. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah, I so say you're not recommending. Oh, if we really? didn't sink it or drink it for the wine. Oh my gosh. I say
0: drink it. Well, you're always gonna say. Drink yeah, it. drink it. I oh, say drink okay. it
1: too, though. It's so very here- sweet and good.
0: Yes, I like it. Pinot Noir is my preference because it's an even-bodied wine. Interesting. Um, So here are my ways that I like to elicit a spontaneous speech sample. The first thing I do is I lie to the kid. Right. So, like, I'll show a picture of a dog, and I'll be like, this is a chicken, and it likes to eat hay. And then they look at me like I'm crazy, and then they're like, no. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I, I always do that, what? Yeah. And then the kids just think that's. Really? They think it's a little jaw. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my grandma used to do that all the time, Aww. so I think I copied her. And I do it. She noticed so much. Yes. Tears. Um, And then, so I might be like, "This is a shoe," and I use it to brush my
1: teeth, and then yeah. they're like, "No," and I'm like,
0: "What do you mean? What do you use it that is for?" Strategy
1: absurdities. And then they'll tell you why it's wrong. wrong, and then we get them talking. And how can they fix it, or what it should be? Right. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing I like to do is um, a story. So I'll take the toys that I have at my disposal, just in that preschool Mm classroom, and I do this. This is the framework. Once there was a blank who wanted to blank, but blank, so blank, finally blank. All right, I feel like you need to fill in those blanks for us. Okay, so once there was a pig (laughs) who wanted to be in the circus, but he didn't know how to ride a bike, so he practiced and practiced and practiced every day, and finally... He was able to ride a bike in the circus. The end.
1: So it's, once there was a, who wanted to, but so, finally. Okay, so you're sequencing a little, you're providing them a nice little short And, and I have story. toys in front of me. Oh. So I'm like, once there
0: was a pig who wanted to be friends with a dog, but he didn't know how to bark, so then he practiced and then... He went up to the dog and went, whoops, and they became friends. And so finally, just, they were friends. So you're kind of like modeling what you want. For mm-hmm. them to and do. I'm like, can you tell me that story? Well, I'm oh, well, you giving them a story. To... Oh, okay. And then they can repeat it back to me. Do they have all of the events in appropriate sequence mm-hmm. with all of the details that I gave them? Did they use the toys? Did they lose confidence and then get silly and then say something on a tangent? Something right. like that. I'll and did that. they produce all the sounds? And did they use helping verbs?
1: Helping verbs. Love helping verbs.
0: Then I like to look at pictured actions and pictured emotions. So they're going to describe the pictured actions, and I can see if they use appropriate pronouns, if they use the correct I love article, pictured actions too. and if they yeah, use they the um, the
1: verb to be, and then like the present progressive. Yeah, and oh, you then can even do it when they're when you're playing with them. What am I doing? Like I like it with play doh because you can roll play doh. Yeah, you can cut it. You can make shapes, love Play-Doh. Yeah, lots cheating. of
0: actions I like to make Play-Doh.
1: Wow, that's fun.
0: And then the last thing I like to use for preschool is pictured emotions, because not only are you going to describe the emotion based mm-hmm. on a nonverbal cue, they're going to provide a rationale for mm-hmm. as to why they might feel that way, right. and what can make them feel better. And I'm going to talk about this more later, but the way they describe how other people feel... Probably has to do with how they feel. Interesting. So think about that. Yeah, of course. And then the next thing we're going to do is get to school age speech mm-hmm. and language. So at this point, wow. you're probably going to take the self,
1: which okay. is ages
0: 5 to 21, or the Golden Fristo, test of articulation, and yeah, um, it's for
1: speech sounds. Golden Fristo for speech, self for language. Mm-hmm. And then also, just as a side note, all the students or clients you're... Assessing should have an oral mechanism, right? Just right. Oral motor exam. Yes, yeah. oral motor examination. Mm-hmm. Tongue strength, lingual strength, whatever you want to call it.
0: Jaw. Stability. stability. And like able to deviate the jaw without mm-hmm. moving the whole
1: head. A good old puddoka, puddoka, puddoka. No Diadopanetic rate. Yeah, no one can. I that. say buttercup, buttercup, yeah. buttercup. But I like to try puddoka, puddoka, puddoka. Start mm-hmm. high, then go low.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I use it more in the nursing home than I do in the Kids, study. yeah, and then, um, so for at school age, speech and language, so we're going to want to for informal, then we're going to want to get a writing sample from them, and then, um, listening comprehension questions, so like maybe like a storytelling podcast could be useful, and then have some prepared questions so that they can answer things that they hear because maybe they are very good at hearing things and learning, like I am. And then a reading comprehension thing, even if it's just that they're reading a picture and they're comprehending it, so if it's like a pictureless book and then you're asking them questions about that, like, did the pig eat the fly? Like, is
1: there a picture that tells you that? I didn't read the whole book, but Uh, But also the self has um, an understanding spoken paragraphs uh, subtest. And that's what's good about the self 4 and 5, they're both pretty good. Um, Not only does it has such a wide range of ages and has two um, different uh, assessments. So it's like five to eight and then nine to 21. So it is broken up. Mm -hmm. And um, again, similar to the, uh, Oh, there's our our, timer. Our 30-minute timer
0: went off. I was hoping it'd be louder so the audience would hear. Oh, yeah, well,
1: the timer went off.
0: Our 30-minute timer went off,
1: so we decided this is halfway through the show. Okay, should I not finish my point, though? But each subtest within the self gives you individual standard scores. So even if you just want to give like two subtests like reading and vocabulary, you can get scores just for those specific skills. So that's good.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then that's what we'll do. So we'll do our halfway mark. We'll finish our last point. We'll stop where we are. We'll do some housekeeping. If you're driving, this is probably a good time to pause and then check back in with us for the Mm -hmm. second half of the show. But first listen to all the information that we want to give you.
1: So go ahead, Maria. You take it off. Okay. Okay. I'm not that Insta-famous yet. Yet. (laughs) So, uh, but follow me on Instagram. My handle is Maria underscore K-O-T-S-O-N-I-S-S-L-P. And I am on Instagram.
0: I have a bunch of Mm Instagrams. So I post videos of myself doing speech therapy under Deborah Brooks, C-C-C-S-L-P. That's Deborah, like Deborah, not like Debra. Okay. So it's D E B O R A H. Um, and then I have another Instagram that's Color in Speech, and that just kind of displays my products that are for speech and coloring. I also have a YouTube channel, channel oh. under Miss um, Ms. M S Dev D E B S L P. And I also finally, you can check me out on Patreon, and this is where you can. Choose a subscription that gets you certain rewards based on the materials that I'm offering, from videos to handouts to um, more podcasts and things like that. Great. Okay. So then we have a challenge for everyone else. That's our second piece of housekeeping.
1: Friday. This Friday, coming up May 25th, 525. Yeah, we were wondering if we should do a fun challenge, so what we would like... We are going to do a fun challenge. Oh, yeah. Because we are fun. Right. And random. <laughs> That's why we want you to post a picture of cheese. Yeah, just post a picture of cheese. Like in your salad. Or your family cream. cheese. Yeah. Or it could raw picture guitar. cheese. You can draw
0: the cheese. It could be the stinky cheese from Diary of a Wimpy Cat. Just with this cheese touch, yeah. And so, if you upload a picture of cheese to your Instagram and you use the hashtag #SLPSWineAndCheese, #SLPSWINEANDCHEESE, nailed it. Um, that hashtag, and then also tag both Maria and myself. I'm going to make an Instagram for this podcast, okay. but I do have be it good. yet. And um, we're going to pick a winner on Saturday, and the winner will get a bottle of wine and
1: cheese yes. for us. Yeah, and feel free to write anything you want with the cheese picture. Like, yeah. hey, I love this cheese, or like, hey, I love this cheese, and I want to hear more of this on your podcast, or really. Or just, just don't even to say your... anything but the
0: hashtag because we're just trying to break the internet. We you just try. want everything flooded with cheese and people wonder, like, what the heck's going on. Right. That'd be fun, but then yeah, hopefully,
1: you guys participate. I know I will, I will too. So, the winner's gonna get obviously a bottle of wine and cheese. What's mm-hmm. better than that? And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, it's on iTunes. Rate okay. us and review us. And we want to hear your thoughts, so you could obviously slide into our DM, mm-hmm. or if you want to take. The other way you could do SLPs, wine and cheese at gmail.com. Yeah, and just send You're us right. an
0: email, let us know if there's something that you liked, something that you didn't like, if there is an error that you found, or if no, you have any more errors. <laughs> if you have any suggestions for future topics or uh, anything at all, if you just want to say hi, it does make my day to get these emails. Me too. Because, like, most of the time I get emails that are like, Deb, you didn't sign this line. Deb, we need this report. Deb, the dog peed on the floor. Nice. So, like, if I get an email saying, you helped me get through my day, yeah. that's helpful. So, yeah, same keep here. it coming. Keep it coming. I so, think,
1: is that all of our housekeeping? I feel like, yeah, that's definitely all of our housekeeping. We just wanted to talk about, we talked about reading comprehension. So we're right? back in it. Yeah, we're back okay. into school age. Let's wrap this up because we got some more interesting stuff down the list. So, so we're in school age, speech and language.
0: We already said that you can do the self. That's a good assessment. Or the golden frist, though. We said informally, a writing sample is a good way to see the child's use of written expressive language, if they have issues with spelling, if they
1: leave words out. And if they don't proofread. Right, yeah. Good. And then... Also, um, I think this sounds like, oh my god, they want me to do all these things. They don't have to happen all in one right. assessment, yeah, right? Yeah, like happens you, when you think you have to do everything right now. That's right. So don't give them anxiety. Yeah, don't give yourself anxiety. Either. That too. So just, you know, break it up, whether you want to do receptive first, then expressive, or... You know a little bit of both however you want to go about it um so yeah so remember that so we have reading comprehension which we said is also measured on the self if you want standardized scores and spontaneous narrative samples so narratives are really important to see their um, organization, um How, you know, their narratives, does it have a clear-cut beginning, middle, end? And narratives develop as the students get older. There's tons of assessments out there on narratives. If you just, like, Google narrative assessment, and you could look at, like, you know, the macro structure, the micro structure, which those assessments further explain that. But you could talk about, did they expand on the characters? And you just really hone in on their narrative skills. So, I mean, this is great because if you don't have a standardized formal assessment on hands because those are pricey. This is a pretty, you know, cheaper alternative.
0: Yeah, you can just do it with nothing at all. You can just have um, a prompt that you want them to write about. If they're struggling and they require some sort of structure in order to create a story, you can use that same structure that I already said that was once there was a blank, who wanted to blank, but blank, so blank, finally blank. And it works for all ages. I've used that from preschool to
1: teenagers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could look at, you know, record what they're uh, saying. I like to record right on my phone. I usually tell the students like, is it okay if I record you? Just because, like, who wants to be recorded and they don't even know? Yeah, I
0: always tell everyone I'm going to record you. But everyone looks at what you're doing with your phone constantly because they're like, what's on there? So, kids always know if you are, so right. don't try to be sneaky. I know. I
1: have tried that before. Kind <laughs> the kid is just like, I know you're recording me. And I was like, well, you still didn't say your speech sounds the right way. I try to like, fix it. Oh, I would be like, well, I have to show mommy
0: all the stuff that we did in speech. I want to yeah. show her you know how to do this sound. Now sit up and let's go. All right. Something like That's that. A good one. But I brought Frankie with me to therapy today. And I was taking a video, and then I realized, like, my video was getting long, so I wanted to pause it and start it again. Mm -hmm. But, like, Frankie was sleeping on my lap, and and also the kid was involved in what he was doing, so I didn't want to disrupt anyone. So I I had no shoes on because I was in the house. And I hit record, stop and record again with my toe.
1: <laughs> I use what <laughs> works.
0: And the kid was like, um,
1: how come you use your toe to do that? That's a good question. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was like, well, I was trying to be considerate. And just so we could briefly, briefly talk about fluency, mm-hmm. uh, usually, well, not I almost. love fluency. I love just fluency, too. I definitely so. have a fluency stuttering episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, a lot of this applies to fluency too. Uh, definitely your, uh, reading, if you want to do a reading passage. I like the rainbow passage, mm-hmm. uh, it has all the speech sounds in it. You could just Google it, and it's great for our tick, for the, uh, assessing the speech sounds, and stuttering to see if they stutter on a specific sound. Uh-huh. But, uh, and yeah.
0: I like to do, I don't do the Rainbow Passage, but I do remember that from school. Yes. Um, and I like too. to give them a book that has dialogue or a play. And there is a play on my website if you guys want it. It's called Lions Do Lunch. It's kind of a little bit tricky to read, so I would say second grade or older. Mm-hmm. Um, but fluency is, so if somebody has a disfluency, that would be characterized, it's a disruption in speech. So, it would be characterized by stops, prolongations, and repetitions. So, most people think that's all that fluency is, but fluency is um, accurate decoding with uh, context-appropriate prosody. So, you're not actually being a fluent reader unless you match the emotions of the lines that you're reading. So, if it says, Oh my gosh, said the worm, That's not fluent. That wouldn't count. It shouldn't count as fluency score because you're not demonstrating comprehension through your prosody. Maybe you're just hyperlexic and you're just saying these words, but you don't comprehend the idea. So you mean
1: fluency in terms of reading, not
0: stuttering. reading fluency. Yes. But then also, so if you teach kids to have context-appropriate... Prosody, then that's going to make them more fluent, even if they do stutter, because mm. emotionally charged words yeah. are more fluent because it stems from the emotional center right. of your brain rather than the motoric. Okay, and that's where that deficit is.
1: Some emotionally charged words make them more disfluent, though. Could go either. Well, way. I mean, emotionally charged
0: prosody and phrases, so they're not really going to stutter if you have them. Like that's why actors and singers. Are always like, oh. do you know that so and so stutters? But right. they don't now that they sing opera right. or they do Shakespeare. Well, that's because that speech pattern comes from the emotional centers of their brain rather than the motoric. I so see. if you're like, oh my goodness, a kid's not going to really stutter on right. that. Or when they sing, or when they sing, because that's got melodic intonation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we'll
1: definitely have follow up episode on this. Yeah, we have so much to say about that. Also, just. So we wrap up the fluency combo? Mm-hmm. Um, a formal or a standardized score for fluency would be the SSI, the Stuttering Severity Index. So you could look out for that if you're looking for it. And that looks at like the percent syllable stuttered, right? Yeah, it also looks at like extraneous body movements. There's two or three reading passages on there, and then you get a whole score and percentage, and it'll help you grade it under severe, moderate, moderately severe, so you don't have to just like... Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do I think, right? So, yeah, so going into what we think. I know that you have been reading this awesome book. It didn't start with you, by yeah. Mark Wollen. Yeah, I'm glad you said his name
0: because I never even tried to before. All right. But yeah, he wrote this book, and it's about how inherited family trauma shapes who we are and how to end the cycle. So it does sound like I have a lot of issues. But um, it's a very interesting book because this individual talks a tremendous amount about core language, which is kind of like the overarching theme of what is going on internally within you, based on the things that you say, or internally within the individual, based on the things that they say, based on their core language. It declares the things that are undeclared.
1: Because yeah. language is stored in your brain, right? We know yeah. that? and how you're feeling and your thoughts are obviously gonna make their way out somehow, right? It yeah, language it makes their they whether make their it's verbal or not, right? Yeah, behavior being one of them.
0: Yeah, because yeah, like sure. so, there's many behaviors that you can look at that were are going to give you clues and insight. So, like for instance, if somebody feels angry, mm-hmm. that means that they feel violated. So that means so anger is usually connected to violation. So either something has happened to them that's not fair, uh-huh. or something that happened to them that um, that like they feel like they're losing. So violation, and then if, see,
1: I have heard or have read that anger stems it all stems stems from fear. I mean, we were talking yeah. about the same thing well, but different. Well, everything yeah. you
0: do, you do in fear or love. Do right. you wake up every day because you love your job or do you wake up every day because you're afraid to get fired? Is it
1: could be both? Yes, I think I, I guess it. Yeah, it maybe. But I think
0: more so like I'm not I'm definitely not afraid to getting fired. Okay. But like yeah. don't fire me. I'm not in the mood. I I, I have lots of things that yes. I have
1: to get done. You yes. have, <laughs> have a busy list. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think that it's really important, like, if we're going to talk about assessing other people, like, the first person that you need to assess is yourself. Can you pause for a sec there? <laughs> I shouldn't A no.
1: Moment of silence for Moment assessing silence. yourself. Yeah, actually, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Sit here for one or two seconds. And, and that shows, though, let's get comfortable with com- with uncomfortable silences. Well, you know, we dead air use... is not good in radio. True. <laughs> That's why I said two seconds. So okay, sit ready? here and assess yourself. What did you find? What word popped in your head? Breathe. Think about it. Breathe? Interesting. I just thought to breathe. I was thinking I'm hot. You're hot? Oh, yeah. well, I'm going to turn the air on. It's I right. think it would
0: make noise on the microphone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, so assessing the situation means, like, you have situational att- intelligence, but assessing yourself means that you have intrapersonal intelligence. And this is self-awareness or introspection. You're aware of your personal emotions, motivations, beliefs, and goals. Hashtag goals. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of goals. Uh, we'll get to goals. Yeah. We're going to have a whole goals episode. Yeah, How are we going to... We were just talking so fast in the first
1: 30 minutes, that. We couldn't have smushed anything else in here. I'm just going to just throw it in there because I feel like now's my time. Okay. After your amazing assessment that's dynamic and it's uh, culturally competent, which we'll talk about next time, and you want to formulate some awesome goals, and you want those to be smart goals. Specific, what exactly do you want the client to do? Do you want them to say two words? Sequence, say what you want them to do. That's S-M, measurable, measurable. Four out of five trials, eighty percent accuracy, ninety percent accuracy. You want it to be achievable. Achievable. So I personally prefer to do a goal that's a little less complex, so the child or his client can meet them and then generalize them. And then you want it to be relevant. Relevant means based off your assessment. So if you assess, let's say phonology and artic, you want goals to reflect that. And then you want T for time. So you want to measure over time. So like in six months, in a year. So that's it. Going back to goals for Can you yourself. Pass me the wine. Yes, I didn't want to interrupt
0: you and then I didn't want to reach. Thank you right. So yeah, so it's important to also keep in mind when it comes to the goals like if you're at the school age level, like make sure that your goals relate to the language experiences that they're going to have in the school. Right. Don't just make things fancy strictly based off of speech and language stuff. Go look at Common Core, say what you want about it, but it's what's going on in the schools. See what they're required to do Uh in the language and listening aspects of Common Core based on their grade, and then integrate that into your goals. And they're all good things. It's like label character emotions, provide a rationale, ask and answer questions to propel a conversation over grade, second grade topics, things like that. It's nothing that's like not relevant to speech right. and if you should be considered of like the type of language the child is required to
1: use. Because mm-hmm. you yeah. want it to be related, you want it to be functional, you want to yeah. work on the skill that they're going to actually use. Absolutely. So, going back, you want to assess yourself. Yes. Okay. So yeah,
0: assess yourself, be aware of how you feel, and um... Because people who understand their own feelings are good at helping others understand themselves. Mm-hmm. And the core language complaint is something that's very indicative of your current internal emotional state. So okay. what you're saying is, if I ask you the question, is like, what is your greatest complaint about work? What would yours be? I'm enough? tired. You're tired. Uh-huh. Okay, so <laughs> tired, so exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So maybe you feel the like tea. a little bit drained. Yeah. And like you're, you're like giving out a lot of energy and maybe you're not getting a lot back. Right. But that's
1: on me. I need to go to bed earlier. I need to... So Mm -hmm. now that's your level of
0: accountability. Yeah. So some people have an internal locus of control, and some people have an external locus of control. That means they blame
1: themselves, or they blame others. I'm a blamer
0: of myself. Me too. I blame myself for everything, (laughs) which I think makes you a way better person, because blaming the universe is just a snooze fest. Right. I'm like, yeah, the whole universe got together, and they were like, we really hate Georgia. Let's go get her. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so I used to always have this like conditional if then response to any type of relationship that I was in until I got into this perfect one with Mike Racine, no complaints, snooze. Except no, he leaves his socks everywhere It's <laughs> Oh okay. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life picking up Mike's socks. We need some visual
1: supports. Even so, he would be like, he would be like, what do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I'd like, like, well, you don't know how to pick up your socks. I'd like, what well, that I don't me? know.
0: Do you think you're stupid? It is a part of your core language. It's your core complaint. The fact that you think other people think you're stupid.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, but yeah, I used to always have this conditional offense response that like, if this happens, then everything will be ruined. And ruined mm-hmm. was my core language. It was the... Um, It was, like, my overarching theme of whatever was bothering me, and that means, like, things that were going to get ruined. And I used to, I guess, think that there was this point of doom that there was no coming back from, and now I've kind of grown past that. Mm And I'm like, what is going to happen? Nothing is doing. But your core language, it declares the undeclared, and it gives clues in the form of emotionally charged words. Mine was ruins, and then for... Maria, I think we figured out, hers is I'm worried. worried. She's worried about everything. You know worry is the misuse of imagination. Interesting. You're just thinking of things that you don't want to happen. Oh my god, that is so true. Yeah. I do do that. And that's yeah. why, like, very creative people are worriers. Oh, I don't know if I consider
1: myself creative, but other people tell me I'm creative, and I'm like... Well, maybe you're innovative. Maybe you find creative ways of using what's at your disposal. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's a very creative thing. Thank you. And I think a good uh, point to bring up is, um, you know, since we are talking about self-reflection, what has helped me um, in the past and still does is journaling. Like, I write stuff out, and I like to write out, like, what I'm feeling, and that helps actually... Yeah. Recharge me. That is definitely. And then energy. you can take your own
0: language sample. You can write
1: right. your core yeah, languages. languages. What are my core and, words? like, do you
0: write so fast that you skip words that you think are there? Do you need to take a time mm-hmm. and, like, slow down? Or are you writing constantly negative things? Let's remember that your mind will believe everything you tell yeah. it. And negative journaling is actually one of the most detrimental things that you can do wow. to yourself because you're ruminating now. Right. And you're using your negative thoughts as a way of being like a
1: self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Right. So don't do that. Don't do that. Go back to your language sample and make sure it's not negative because your thoughts become things. Right. Yeah. What you're thinking becomes. What yeah. you're doing and what you're attracting to yourself. Yeah.
0: You 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 are your thoughts and your thoughts are you. Right. But I did hear this one quote that I love and it says um, that our lives are stories that we create every second of every day and the best stories are written by those who are barely holding on to their sanity. Interesting. So don't Sounds feel okay. bad yeah, about yourself really to not. Yeah, I'm crazy. I know I am. I'm nuts. <laughs> so like, and I don't want to feel bad about that. Okay, yeah, so also your core language can be indicative through nonverbal communication such as physical sensations, behaviors, emotions, impulses, and symptoms of illness. Uh-huh. So, what you're thinking and what you're feeling is going to present on your body with these things. So, if right. you are not good within yourself. You're really going to struggle helping somebody else. Right. You know, when the plane's going down, you got to grab your oxygen yes. mask before you can help somebody
1: else. And I think that's important advice to tell a parent because a lot of parents are always putting their kids first. Which Yeah. Well, I'm not a parent, so I'm not blaming them, but that is, you know, a common thing. And you want the parent to start to self-reflect, too. Like, if their child has a disability, like, ability, start thinking of how they can help themselves to in turn help their child right and also
0: so. reflect on how this individual is describing their child like are they right. saying things that are going to put them in a situation where they're thinking to themselves oh i'm not good at this i'm not good at that mm-hmm. i showed a picture of a kid of soccer to a kid today and he was like and one of the last questions was um tell me about a sport that you played and he was like i did play soccer But not well. Aww. And I was like, that was a very mature sentence for you, so you certainly heard somebody else say that, and you were probably the best soccer player I ever saw. Right.
1: Yeah. I would have just
0: said that. Um... But then maybe people will say I'm encouraging, like, millennials or something. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, We need that fine line. We need that balance. Yeah, we just want to make sure you're not creating any self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. Um, Because, like, core language can be indicative of depression, despair, anxiety. All of these are emotionally charged words. And they're the keys to undeclarative memories and experiences. So right. if you want to take a good sample from a kid, show them a bunch of pictured emotions mm-hmm. and then have them label the emotion and then provide a situation that would have caused that individual to feel that way, and you're going to get an idea of what makes them feel certain ways. Right. Like maybe some girl is going to be like, maybe she's crying because no one likes her shirt. Oh. Or maybe a guy, a boy will be like, maybe he's crying because nobody wanted to play the game right. with him. right. Or, you know, gender neutral. People will just be like, maybe they're crying because they got hurt. They got hurt. You know, we don't want to say partial to gender. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's really important to listen to a child's core language. Are they primarily speaking about emotions? Are they primarily angry? Are they primarily hopeful, excited, imaginative, creative? Mm-hmm. How are they speaking? What is the
1: content of their thought process? Right. And your own, right? And, and your so own. What are you saying to your yourself? Own. Right, what are you saying to yourself? What's your greatest complaint? What's your core language complaint? I'm going to go with nervous, worried, and tired. Nervous, worried, and tired. So I guess I have to work on that, right? And then I should... It's like problem solving. Like, I'm aware now of my uh, core word, and now I want to make goals for myself, and I want to do things... To help decrease me, my feelings of feeling you know, like worried and nervous and tired. So, like, journaling helps with all of that. Mm-hmm. Deep breathing helps with all of that. Going to yoga helps with all of that. Oh, I love yoga. Yes. My yeah. number one goal in life is to be
0: able to do a handstand. Oh, independently. Okay. I'm working on it.
1: Working on that.
0: I'm, like, halfway there. I can stand independently for, like, three to four seconds. Against a wall, I can
1: stand very long. Like yeah. Three minutes. The wall, I think, is it makes you like I don't know a little like, depends on the yeah. Kind of wall. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I like move back and forth between right. the wall. Go without the wall. Just go without it. I'm trying. So speaking of movement, let's go into our tips and tricks mm-hmm. let's start to wrap it up. So I'll go first because my okay, tip is and I didn't trick a good one yet. Oh okay. You hopefully and my... Okay. Uh, my tip and trick is that I give the client a movement activity before we sit down at the table, so that could be as simple as some jumping jacks, um, stretching, deep breathing. I count deep breathing. Uh, I like this trick where I do what the somewhat little ones, but even some of like the preteens like this one. Take their hands and you say, All right, we're gonna make a rainbow and you pretend to like put paint on your hands and then you put your hands up, straight up oh, over that's there, and inhale. Beautiful. And then you exhale you make and make a it, rainbow. You oh, make a rainbow oh, in the sky. That is fantastic. I'm doing it tomorrow. Yes, so you're imagining it. Yes. Aka, you don't need to pay for any materials. Right, I right. See very But you're pairing goals.
0: your words with your um, right, like your thought process. Right. And so we're yes, inhaling
1: up, up, straight and arms breathe. overhead. Exhale. Let's make a rainbow.
0: i, I like a rainbow. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm.
1: deep breathing, making a rainbow, and um, you could use that with you know uh, fluency to calm them down, like vocal warm ups. Ah, you know like that. And then if you have kids on the spectrum, you could, I love the therapy bowl. Have them sit on it and bounce on it or on their belly and make sure their hands are out and roll. But consult with the OT before you start doing all these sensory things. Double check that that's okay to do with them. Right. So I like to do some type of movement before we're sitting. That's my tip or trick. And mine is to use the
0: phrase, where's my nose or find my nose. Okay.
1: Very I'll often. For them to look at
0: you? Because I'm really looking yeah. at your nose. So. Very often, people are like, find my eyes, find my eyes. Oh, right. And that makes kids feel uncomfortable. But yes. if you tell them to look at your nose, then they can stare at you and they see your lips better than they do if they stare at your eyes and, and they're they, going to feel less uncomfortable. And they see that I need a nose strip ASAP. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you well, know, I bought those and it didn't even dry up on my nose, it just kept falling off. It didn't do anything.
1: I want one of those. Aztec Clay Mask on Amazon is awesome. Oh, do they pay you to say that? No, but mm-hmm. I just love it.
0: <laughs> I didn't even get drunk to this episode. I feel like we should just keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, we got to stay within our yeah. time. Right? So you like to have them look at your nose. I like that one. Yeah, say, look at my nose. Find my nose. Where's my nose? Or I'll be like, uh oh, I don't have a nose. And they're like, what? Yeah. You know, just what? lie to them. It's funny. <laughs> and it's then you're funny. like, I tricked you. They get into it, um, but yeah. So our closing quote. What's our closing quote? You came. You picked this one oh, today. Oh, I did. maria's star. This is from
1: our our.
0: Show. It our whole yeah. <laughs> our, our Our our, our biffle, our best uh, friend for life. Our biffle Buddha. I'm just eating cheese by the handful now. Yeah, I ate all crackers. already. Yeah, no worries. Because I am not fasting intermittently. I am. Well,
1: I did drink a little bit, but just for the podcast.
0: No, she drank all the wine. That's why I didn't even get buzzed.
1: <laughs> right. <It's all> me. <laughs> <laughs> so our quote is, what you think you become, what you feel you attract, and what you imagine you create.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then also, going back to everything we said, so like, if you tell yourself something, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you feel something, that. Child is going to mirror your behavior. Right.
1: If so you're anxious, anxious and. I know that if you're anxious or you're nervous, yes, they kind of feed off of that, so you have to relax. Exactly. Paint your own rainbow before you walk Just into Just go in room. there and
0: assess the situation. What's going on here? We got really? to take everything one step at a time. You're like, party's here. I'm yeah, exactly. What's that's excitement. what's going you're on. You're coming
1: with energy and excitement. Mm-hmm.
0: Because what you imagine, you will create. So, right. like, in your head, have this wonderful session, and that's what's going to happen. But if you're like, oh, my God, this is not going to talk to me, and the right. parent mother's yeah. going to be all, like, mean, and that's going to happen. Right. So do right. not let that happen. Yep. And that's been our latest episode of SLPs Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. See you next time. Ciao. Ciao. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday when we have Megan Morales. We went to grad school with Megan. She lives in Brooklyn. She's a bilingual evaluator. And we're going to be drinking sangria and
1: eating some cheese. So listen next week.